Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel. Final bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A turnaround in the markets today. The corn and the beans seeing some nice green on the screen. Even seeing some higher numbers, some big jumps for the wheat complex. Uh, hogs are on the upside as well, but the cattle have seen some negativity. Not real bad but still some negative numbers. We're going to dive into, of course, what's going on in this turnaround. We know that another strike happened between Russia and Ukraine. We'll look at the crude oil. Also, we're going to look at the S&P 500. We're going to leave that for the second half. I'll leave you waiting to find out what that has to do with feeder cattle. Darren Fessler is joining us, of course, with Lakefront Futures on the phone line. Darren, as we try to look at what's been happening in these markets, we've had such negativity all week. Here we're on a Thursday and finally seeing some some green on the screen for the grains. You bet. This is good to see. Now, keep in mind, we are obviously in October here. Seasonal bottoms and a lot of this stuff, especially corn and the bean markets here. But really, you look at today's trade on corn, it was really about wheat. It started off with another headline out of the Black Sea, Russia, uh, you know, apparently attacking Ukraine. Got that wheat market really rocking and rolling. And really, because you look at the overnight trade, it was really quiet. That headline hit really sent the wheat higher, dragged corn with it. Keep in mind the funds are very short on this uh, wheat market right now, about almost 100,000 short. Big difference between the SRW market and HRW. Uh, SRW, that Chicago market, is one of the cheapest wheats in the world right now. China stepped in and bought some of that this week. But really, you look at corn being able to actually get a close above 490. We have not seen this type of move since late August. Now, again, we have technically what is called an inverse head and shoulders pattern, which mathematically would send this stuff back towards that 512 level. But keep in mind, I think that these markets right now are opportunities for producers who are undersold to reward this. Now, I don't believe there's going to be a whole lot of physical sales being made here. I do think that this probably warrants some hedges, though, in a little while here if we get another 10, 20 cents higher in these markets. But again, solid day here today. Uh, we're going to chalk this up as a win. So, Let's talk about the crude oil perspective of it. How are you seeing that being a, a weighing in factor for these grains? Yeah, I mean, crude oil off nearly uh, $13 a barrel since last Thursday's high is when we hit above 95 a barrel. And I think if you look at the EIA data that was released yesterday from the government, you see the crude, uh, you see the demand for gasoline starting to wane on things. You see the credit card delinquencies starting to rise. You see that mortgages are really not affordable for the average American. And so the consumer is strapped right now. And, and I think that that in itself is starting to weigh on some of these more optimistic fundamental type plays like crude oil. Um, but again, d- does the fundamentals outweigh the uh, in corn? Does it outweigh what we're seeing here near term technically? I-, I think again, that this, it, it all comes back to a-, a-, a consumer that is weakening and a big, big, much larger global macro picture. When we look at China, they're not all that strong. They're doing things to, you know, obviously incentivize that economy to maybe spark some more growth. But again, I, I think that given the you know stocks use, especially for corn, beans are a little bit different story, that demand needs to come back. And the question is, where's that demand going to come from? Now, we've seen some good business so far this week, but it's just not it's not new business. I mean, we're still getting that business out of Mexico, which we would normally get anyway. But the question remains is, can 
Can corn be at 520? Can corn be at 550 if we get to those levels and maintain it? And I, I'm very, very skeptical of that uh, given the supplies and what I'm con- continuing to hear uh, from producers all across the country. It, it's it's the, the expectation coming into this fall was, you know what, yields are going to be off. And there's no question about that, but how far off? Because what, what I'm hearing is guys are getting out there. They're seeing those yields now. Well, you know what? That corn was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. A little bit opposite on the bean side. The beans, I keep hearing a lot of disappointment. Um, even irrigated beans to Nebraska coming off at 55 to 60 when normally they probably should be doing 75 plus. So definitely, the, I think that late August uh, heat and lack of rain definitely impacted these beans much more so than corn. So what is going on exactly in South America right now? I'd, I'd done some reading earlier today that was just talking about some challenging conditions right now for their corn. Yeah, you know, you look at the you take Brazil, for example. I mean, parts of Paraná and the southern parts of Brazil, they're still planting that first crop corn. I mean, they're they're much more advanced than a lot of places in, in Brazil. Uh, there's scattered rains that have been hitting and missing, but a lot of these areas that have been dry, they've been dry for a while now. So there's producers there that are, you know, waiting for these rains to materialize. Now, I'm not going to get too concerned about Brazil planting at the very moment here until about the third week of October. The problem with Brazil is if you don't get the rain, they just hold off and hold off and hold off. Uh, whereas, you know, if they do that, then it, it pushes off that safrina corn planting, which that might be the glimmer of hope for this corn market. If we push off that safrina corn crop, it gets much more into the drier season for next next year for their crop. So again, it, it's, it, it's a week by week process, but right now the overall, I, I'm not that concerned about Brazil. Uh, I will be in a couple weeks if, if there's not widespread rains. So do you think, and I know you talked a little bit about what's happening between Russia and Ukraine and its effects on the wheat market. Was it a flash for today? Or is the market still going to be digesting uh, more issues with them moving forward? I, I think it comes down to one of the competitiveness of the SRW market that's going to have to be a leader here. And again, we are, that is some of the cheapest wheat in the world. So it, it, to me, it, it's all about trying to have baby steps in this wheat market. It has been a very fragile market, to say the least, uh, at least you know U.S. market-wise. So these little baby steps, technical wins day in and day out, is going to ho- hopefully change the trend here and funds start to cover. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. As we get ready for the second half of the Channel Final Bell, we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on equity markets for cattle, the tie between the S&P 500 and the feeder cattle contract, as there is a broader macro pick that's all working in. A lot taking place on this Thursday. We've got more coming up with the Channel Final Bell after this on the Rural Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. 
Welcome back to the channel, Final Bell, here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, is with Lakefront Futures. Some lower cattle, higher hogs today. I am curious. Let's talk a little bit about what is happening with this market. When you look at the equity side of what's happening in the cattle. Yeah, this was, we've been talking about this for quite a while here, where the cattle story, um, although has been definitely fundamentally bullish here and still really is to a certain extent. I just think there's some concerns uh, uh, among the U.S. consumer. Um, but if you look at the S&P 500 and you overlay that with the with the feeder cattle, boy, they're really in almost lockstep right now. And and so, again, there, there's that concern where, you know, the, the things that drive the cattle – uh, the consumer uh, can still willing to pay seven, eight, nine dollars a pound for ground beef. Is that changing? Um, and is there is there other things with outside of the technical picture, which is definitely broken down here? If you look at November feeders here, I mean you're off of you know almost coming up on twenty dollars here from the highs. Um, where's the bottom at? So it seems as though the last few weeks here we've seen lower lows, lower highs. And so technically now you, you have funds that who are who have been very long this market maybe starting to look to go elsewhere. And and so you you look at that aspect is is the run over in cattle. And and what I'm continuing to tell guys right now is I think that the run's not over. I think you got one more shot higher here, but you better be aggressive with it. I better take a look at some LRP type of strategies as well, maybe some options, maybe some futures, but definitely start looking at some things. If you got feeder cattle and your ideas fattening them up and you got, you know, April fats at the end of the day, where does your break even? So a lot of 190 plus break evens were at 192 and change on that April. So we got to be looking at where our break evens are. We're getting very close to some of those levels here. Still, definitely good um, historically, but again, where we're, where some of those feeder cattle is priced and purchased at, you got to be looking where those breaks are. But again, it, it again it can, comes down to what the consumer is able to do and really the optimism because you've already seen about a seven percent, eight percent sell off in the equity markets just in a matter of a couple months here. So again, does that trend continue? Again, that the market as well has been lower lows, but it's been lockstep right now with some of the cattle market, which is a little bit of a concern for me. So let's talk about the whole consumer wrap-up of this because we, we see it on the, the news talking about the pullback in spending, credit card debts, et cetera. How do you see that weighing in on this cattle and even the hog trade? Well, it, it comes down to their ability to pay or willingness to pay. I mean, there is other all sources of, of protein. Do they go to the chicken? Do they go to maybe, maybe they go more pork? Um, but when, at the end of the day is if you have this weaker consumer, in our opinion, you're going, it's going to have a larger spread effect across all commodities. And eventually grains will come into play here. Now, granted, they've been beat up. Uh, but there is some, there is some glimmers of hope here, especially for the beans. The reports continue to come in there. They're not all that great for yields. So again, it, it, it's the willingness of the consumer but it's also when we're looking at the, the bigger picture of who's our, who's our buyers, how are they doing economically, how's Europe doing, how's our U.S. dollar doing versus the, the Brazilian real or the euro. I think that has a huge impact on our grains as well. Um, not only that, but you know what this market needs most right now is rain and a lot of it. 
We need this rain to get down towards Memphis, down towards St. Louis, and get that Mississippi River more flowing, uh, more freely, and, and, and you know loosen up some of these really bad basis levels that we've seen happen over the last three, four weeks. That would bring more optimism towards this market. Because uh, right now, at the end of the day, we are looking at a market in Brazil who has the physical bushels, who has the better infrastructure than they did five years ago to make these exports doable. We look at Brazil. We had record exports in September, both corn and beans. October is already forecasted at a record right now. So Brazil has it. Can we get the export business? Can we be competitive enough, not just on the corn, but on the beans as well, to get that business to China, get that business to more Mexico or Japan. I think we can, but again, it starts at the river here, because the more the river is flowing, the less that lightens up the basis, reduces that cost of uh, freight as well. Well, before we run out of time, S&P 500 and feeder cattle. Yeah, lockstep. You got to watch it. You got to put that on your screen. If you're a cattle trader, watch the S&P 500. Watch what it does with crude oil. Right now, it's it's running about an eighty percent correlation. So, what's been what's been the big catcher that you're going to see come off of that? Well, any sort of recovery or bottom fishing, again, it's the first start of a new month here. Do we see new money into equity flows? If those flows start happening, we could see some more flows back into the cattle. Well, that's the good stuff as always, Darren. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly at 312-858-3668, or they can always find me on Twitter. My handle is DDFAlpha. And that is today's channel final bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell, brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the Rural Radio Network.